would like to pass out some cards for me. Everybody gets one card. No, no prizes involved. Everybody get a card. Y'all having a good weekend so far? These are old cards. Don't worry about the advertisement. What? Not tonight. Maybe. 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 Okay. Keep these cards out. You're going to need them. The school's ad advertisement is like really old, so this is old note card. Yeah, it's very old. I'm just using it because I didn't have any index cards. So we're just using these, being frugal with our spending dollars here at Tapawinga. But everybody, everybody needs a card. Oh, I don't think I would pick that up, shoot. I need to put these back in my wallet. Lose those. Twenty of work. Okay, does everybody have a card? Good, good. Thank you so much. Thank you, ladies. All right. Where's Where's David? You're not David. Where's, where's David? No, the other David. The Damascus David. Where's the? There you are. Don't run up and get this. Okay. <laughs> Did you get the one at at release time? Who Who got that when I threw it on the floor? I forget. Anyway. Someone's going to get the chance to win this. But I will I will let you know it was supposed to be 100 but I like didn't have 100 so it's 20 20 bucks. Okay? Camp counselors may if you've never heard me teach this material. If you've heard me teach this material, you are not allowed to guess or tell anybody. Okay? Cuz like I'm not that rich and just don't so, anyway, um, there's a 20 spot. But I will warn you, I will probably go home with this. Okay. Let's stick there. Yeah. Okay. Here's the deal. How would you like to be not as a game or anything, but as real life. How would you like to be spoon-fed all your life? <laughs> Nathaniel Wood. Well, <laughs> Hey, spoon-fed is spoon-fed, okay? Personally, okay, listen, personally I'm glad I can feed myself, you know? As you can tell. Um, 
But anyway, on those cards, and I have some pens up here. Sorry, I did something to my leg. I'm just, I think I'm getting old. Okay, everybody listen up. I don't have enough pens for everybody, obviously. So, you know, you'll have one near the end of your row. You can use it and pass it down. It won't take a whole lot of writing what you're going to do. Okay, you're just writing a number. But I'll put pens right here. If you need one, you can grab it. And then once, once it's past that row, just pass it on down. And if you have a pen, just use that. Or a pencil, doesn't matter. Here's, here's what I want you to write on your card. Okay? Here's what I want you to write on your card. Shh. On a scale from 0 to 10, 0 is the lowest. 10 is the highest. Tonight it's 10. I want you to rate based on, I don't know, the last two or three months of your life, your acceptance from God. How God accepts you based on the last three months. This is a private thing. Do not look at anybody else's. I will read them, but do not put your name on it. Nobody knows who's going to have what. Okay, so write it down, turn it over. Yes, ma'am. How you feel God accepts you right now, based on the last couple months of your life, or you can make it a year, doesn't matter. Zero is the lowest, ten is the highest. How does God accept you? Yes, ma'am. God. God. How is our, our holy God? Remember, shh. God is perfect, God is holy. Listen up, guys. God is righteous. How does he accept you right now on the basis of your life? Okay. If you're done and you got a camp pencil or pen, pass it back. Make sure everybody has. Does anybody need a pen? Let me do it that way. Okay, yours is right there. Okay. Need a pen? Very quickly, very quickly. Not to sound like Jim Jones or anything. Anybody else need a pen? That's pretty good. Everybody's going to know your car now. You, you don't have to write notes, just a number. Just a number. Thank you, thank you. Zero to ten. This is not that difficult, but we do have middle schoolers in the room. Okay. If you have a camp pan, put it in the, the pail, the bucket. As well as your card. Turn it upside down, put it in the card. In, in the bucket. Your card. The card is the card. Put the card in the bucket. Do not bend the card. Do not mutilate the card.
think I'm going to make. Wait, did we write down our name on this? No, no. Okay. A number. Zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, or ten. This is not that. Look, I'm taking an offering. If you have a camp pen, put it in the bucket there. Thank you. Everybody turn in their cards up here. Thank you. You guys are killing me. <laughs> I have kept, I've done this before and I've kept some of the cards. I'm definitely keeping these. <laughs> these, these are classic. Why? The art on these are just <laughs> incomparable. <laughs> we know what your card is. Okay. <laughs> Can't reach you. Makes us easy. Okay, are all cards and pens in the bucket? <laughs> Thank you. Now are all cards and pens in the bucket? Are we good? This is one, not, was not the difficult part. <laughs> okay. We're going to put those right there, deal with them later. Um, shh. My life verse again is Roman, not much. John 8.32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Set you free or make you free. Guys, be serious. Do you want... God to set you free. Do you want to be free? Again, I ask this upon you. Do you want the Christian life to really work for you? That's what we're talking about. Okay? There was a hypnotist I read about in this book here. I'm going to talk about that book in a little bit. But um, first, just a disclaimer, I do not think you should allow yourself to be hypnotized because that is emptying your mind and allowing other things, could be Satan, to come in and control you, okay? So that's the disclaimer. However, there was a hypnotist that came to a school, and it's a true story. Um, he came to the school, and he asked for four volunteers, these four students, yeah, pick me, pick me. So they all came up. I don't know how he did it, whether he was getting very sleepy or whatever he did, you know? But um, he went one, two, three, boom, and they were out. And he went to each one and said, okay, when I snap my fingers, you're going to be a cat. When I snap my fingers, you are going to be a dog. <laughs> he probably separated the two. Um, you're going to be a chicken. You're going to be a monkey. And so this was in front of the whole school. Ready, one, two, three, boom. And sure enough, the cat starts, you know, like acting like a cat. The dog probably sees the cat and starts chasing him around the room. Um, and I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm not getting the details right, but, you know, it was something like that. The monkey was scratching itself. And uh, I don't know if it was a boy or a girl. And the chicken was, you know, pecking at the ground. 
doing all that stuff. And, of course, there was tremendous laughter in the school. And, eh, look at him. And one, two, three, well, he woke up and sat down. And he went on with the show. Why did they act like that? You can tell me. Yes, ma'am. Placebo effect? Okay. Dude. We're getting deep here. Okay. That, that sounds good to me. <laughs> It wasn't what I was looking for because I'm not that smart to know about that. But that that was good. Okay, somebody else. Listen, listen. Shh, shh. They believe what? You're close. They got one now. Brainwashed. Okay, um, getting closer. But what did that do to their brain? Besides the placebo. <laughs> do what? Probably at the beginning, but they were thinking when they did this. Okay. <laughs> I, I my theory is not the best theory. That in the sounds world. good to me. Okay. <laughs> One more. Deanna, you're on it. you're on the right track. Here's why they did this. It was not because they were told to. That's the normal answer I get. Not the placebo effect. I'm going to look that up. It's, that's cool. Um, usually somebody will say, because they were told to act like that. If somebody, if one of you told me to go to the Johnson City Mall tonight and act like a monkey, well, knowing me, I would do it. But <laughs> Normal people would not do it. Okay? Yeah. But, um, Here's why they did it. Because that's what they believed they were. They were hypnotized. The monkey, not the monkey, the girl, thought she was an actual monkey. And what do monkeys do? They do monkey things. Okay? What do the dogs do? They do dog things. The dog was probably chasing the cat. That's who they believed they were. Get this statement, okay? Who you believe you are will affect the way you live. That's truth. Let the truth set you free. Who you believe you truly are will determine how you live your life. I'm from Western Maryland. It's part of my identity. That's where I had the dog party. Dog party. <laughs> but 31 years ago, I moved to Carter County. I've lived most of my life in Tennessee now. That's why even though I'm not a football fan, during the winter time, if somebody says, what team you for, what do I say? Go Vols. Okay? Why? Because I, 
You can leave right now. <laughs> okay. Now, I'm not that big of a fan. I could really honestly care less. That's part of who I am, too. Now, Angela's a different story. Okay. She bleeds orange. That's just what I'm saying. Okay. But why do I say go Vols when that comes up? Because that's who I believe I am. I'm a Tennessean. Who you believe you are will affect the way you live. I'm just picking them out random. Three. Seven. Ooh, ten. Put that one right there. I was going to say nothing here. Did Four. Eight. Another ten. Check it out. Three. Seven. I'm not going to take time to read all these. I'll just dig down way down here. Wow. Zero. Seven. This is either a nine, a six, or a ten. I'm not sure. Four. These are just a few cards. These are a tens here. I saw two tens. The rest of these are not tens. And I would like to say to you, if any of these folks are Christians are children of God, you've believed a lie. Because if you're a child of God, you are a ten. We're going to get to it. So who are we? I've got a list of things here. And like I said this morning, this, this stuff is so exciting. When I first learned this, it was, I wasn't saved again, but it was almost like I got saved again. A light bulb came on. I found out some truth, and that truth set me free. The first thing I'm going to share is for everybody in this room. Because the first thing I'm going to share doesn't matter whether you're a Christian or not. And the first thing is, God loves you. You are loved by God. Totally and completely. It doesn't depend on your actions. It doesn't depend on anything. He chooses to love you. Is that good news? Yeah. To, to know that a holy, righteous, set-apart God looks down at me Fat, bald, ignorant Uncle Paul. <laughs> I belong to the FBI, fat, bald, and ignorant. Okay. Uh, do what? Okay, I'm just ignorant. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Thank you. But you know what? This God, who has every reason to take his foot and smash me, which he could, 
chooses to love me totally and completely, and you too. If you've ever felt that you were unloved by God, you believed a lie. Who can give me a verse that tells us God loves us? Go. Yeah, what's it say? Do you know? Should not perish. Exactly. That right there tells you God loves you. Enjoy that fact. Relish in that fact. Love that fact. God loves you. The rest of my list, however, is just for children of God. And only children of God. Saved people. People that have been forgiven, like I was when I was 12. At that point in my life, 12 years old, all these things happened. I didn't realize it then. I was just a little kid, you know. Jesus, forgive me and come into my heart. Amen. And he did. But there was so much more that happened that I didn't find out till years and years and years later. Let's find out. And by the way, if you're not a child of God or you have doubts, talk to your counselor tonight. That's why we're here. They gave up their weekend to be here with you just so they could minister to you. So take advantage of that. And all this is available to you. Okay? Just by becoming a child of God. This is what it means. We are accepted. Like I said, these folks and anyone in the bucket that I haven't read yet, if you're a child of God and you put anything but a 10, you believe Satan's lie because you are totally and completely accepted by God. It does not hinge on your actions. Our actions do matter. We're going to get into that. But it's our identity that means everything. Remember our identity we talked about. We're accepted by God. Check it out. Ephesians 1.6, it says, By which he has made us accepted. He's made us accepted. When I was a teenager, we moved to a different house. Just completed my eighth grade year middle school, and I was moving into high school. Anybody ever find that move tough? Middle to high school? Yeah, okay. Some of you are in middle school going, it's tough. <laughs> okay. You'll do okay, though. But it was a tough time. I moved into a different school district. Knew nobody. Starting high school. I rode... Somebody's at the door. I rode <laughs> the school bus. We were the last stop on the bus before we got to school. That means all the other students were on the bus already and had their nice, comfortable seat. The bus stopped. My brother and I got on the bus. First words of my high school career came from the back of the bus. As soon as we stepped on the bus, somebody in the back went, ew. It's like, thanks a lot, guys. Feel the love on this bus. You know? And then I had to find a seat on the crazy thing. Every seat was taken. Can I sit here? Okay, I'll stand. 
I started, sit down. <laughs> sit here. It was awful. It was terrible. I can laugh about it now. But back then, I was not accepted. The two basic needs of every human being need to be loved and accepted. We don't get that from people all the time. But we can have that by God. God loves us. And if you're a Christian, he accepts us. I was going to a retreat one time in uh, Pennsylvania, and I was actually going to share this material. And as I was driving, I was about there, and I just kind of looked, and I thought, this is so tacky what I'm wearing. I'm going to speak to teenagers. Walmart. You know, I pulled in. I bought new jeans because I didn't think this, what I was wearing looked good. Why? Because I wanted to be accepted. We all have that, that need and that desire. God says he has made us accepted. That means you are a 10. Why is that important to know? Because if you think... If you think you're a 4... You're going to act like a four. You think you're a six, you're going to act like a six. Seven, act like a seven. I'm not going to show the card because you might recognize it. But Whoever puts zero and there may be more in the bucket, if you're a Christian, man, enjoy the fact that you're a ten. Please realize you are accepted by God. He totally, and there's nothing you can do to make him love and accept you anymore. And there's nothing you can do to make him love you and accept you any less. You are totally and completely accepted. Enjoy being a 10. And let that change your life. So what else are we? What else is our identity? We're a new creation. Okay? Now, I've shared this several different places. And some churches have issues with this. And if you do, that's fine. But this is what I believe the Bible teaches. And this is why it's helped me. The Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, they're a brand new creature. Old things are passed away. All things become new. Has anybody ever heard this story? There were, um, there's this, uh, how is it? It's an old Indian tale, I think. And the guy had two dogs. One was a good dog. One was a bad dog. And they would constantly fight each other. And the guy would feed the bad dog all the time, but he would starve the good dog. Which dog's going to win the fight eventually? Why? Yeah, that's the one you're feeding. And they use this illustration to say, hey, you've got an old nature and a new nature. Whichever one you feed is going to win the battle. It's a really cool illustration. The only problem is, this again, this is my opinion. So if, if you differ from this, that's fine. Just back it up with Scripture. But um, I believe the old dog is dead. The old nature is dead. The Bible says, I am crucified with Christ. Most people don't live through crucifixion. Okay? He took our old nature. It's gone. 
He's given us a new nature. The Old Testament says, I'm going to take away your heart of stone, give you a heart of flesh. He's going to change us. So why is that important to believe? When you're struggling with sin, anybody struggle with sin, by the way? <laughs> okay, if your hand's not up, you struggle with lying. Uh, yeah, we all struggle. We're all tempted. Isn't it helpful to know you're not fighting yourself? Now, we're fighting. We do have temptation. But, again, I believe the, the Bible calls that something called the power of sin. But it's not who we are. That old nature is gone and dead. That's exciting for me to know I'm not battling myself when that temptation comes my way. I'm battling something outside of me, and I can't define the power of sin. I don't know. I know it's Satan, his demons, but um, it's not me because God's changed me. That's pretty cool. Talked about this this morning. If you're a Christian, you're not a sinner anymore. You're a saint who sins. And there is a world of difference. Why is it important not to know? <laughs> Why is it important to get some sleep? Why is it important to know that you're not a sinner? Somebody tell me. Yeah. Yeah. If you think that's who you are, that's what you're going to act like. That's what you're going to live like. I'm a Tennessean. Go Vols. Okay? I'm bald. Brush, brush, and I'm done. Okay? Um, I'm a saint. You're a saint? That's being awful. By the way, you guys that put tens, if you're a Christian, you're right. And you're not bragging, except you're bragging on God, because that's what he made you. But yeah, I'm a saint. Hey, check this out. Um, sometimes we say, I don't feel like a saint. Well, la-di-da. Okay? When your feelings line up with the truth, anybody been here at summer camp and, and you know, you're in here worshiping like on Wednesday night and, and you've been here for a while and you're just praising God and maybe this weekend even, and you're feeling it and it's, it's just awesome feeling. Anybody? I've been there. Isn't that an awesome feeling? And guys, when your feelings match up with the truth, enjoy. But what happens three months down the road on Tuesday morning when your alarm goes off for school? Do you feel that then? I don't, okay? It's like... Sorry. Uh, <laughs> you know, and I believe God takes that feeling away. I always wondered why that feeling went away after camp. And I believe God takes it away because he does not want your trust in feelings. He wants your trust in truth and in him. But I don't feel like a saint. Well, tough beans. Okay? If you're a Christian, in, in the New Testament, God calls Christian saints 63 times. One time should be enough. But 63 times, I think he's trying to get a message to us. So, um, you know, this is Ashley right here. Raise your hand, Ashley. You a Christian, Ashley? She, meet St. Ashley. I mean, it's true. This is not warm, fuzzy stuff to make you feel better. This is truth. 
Know the truth, the truth shall make you free. I'm St. Paul. Of course, that doesn't sound any special because there is a St. Paul. But okay. Don't rely on your feelings because you're not going to feel like you're a saint all the time. Illustration. A while back, this is way back, several years, Mr. Dave, I think you were there. Um, did you go to, um, was it Huntsville, the space place down there? Were you on that trip? We took the junior staff down there. It was an overnight trip. I think we stayed at Camp Victory. And then we went to this, what's it called, the Space Center? It's not Space Camp. It's some spacey thing. It's in Huntsville, Alabama. But um, they had all these rockets and stuff. And by the way, our summer camp theme is about space. And I'm, this is going to be cool. Because I'm like the spaceship kind of guy. I, I like that stuff. So, you know, they had rockets down there and spaceships. And I think they had maybe a shuttle. I can't remember. It might have been before the shuttle. I don't know. But anyway, we were looking at it. And I'm going, ooh, ah, cool. Spaceship. Wow. Capsule. <laughs> cool. You know. And, you know, junior staff, it's, it, it's like now, you know. What was I doing today most of the time? What? 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 Huh? What? Uh, mm, huh? I'm going to change my name, I'm telling you. Uh, <laughs> but it was the same there, too. Uncle Paul, look at this spaceship. Yeah, cool. You know? Uncle Paul, look over here. Okay, cool. Uncle Paul, what? I just twisted my neck. Okay. And then we went outside. They had some rides out there. Now, even though Leanne... She runs the tower most of the time. She is the tower queen, and rightfully so. I don't do it because I don't have time. I've delegated that. But I'm actually the, the high ropes course instructor, like the official one. When we had the old ropes course, the, or the old uh, zip wire, it was 50 feet up in a tree. You had to climb staples to get up there. And there was a platform just a tad bit bigger than the surface of this thing right here. 50 feet up in the tree, I'm standing on this, hooked in, obviously, and then a camper comes up. Guess who gets the platform? The camper. Guess where Uncle Paul is? I'm, no. <laughs> I'm hanging off the side like that. First time I was trained up there, I am petrified of heights, I'm telling you. And First time I was up there, the guy was training me. And I got up there, and I had a death grip. You'll see my fingerprints up there. No. Uh, <laughs> I had a death grip on this tree. And he said, Paul, when you're up here with campers, you can't be doing that. So, okay. He turned around. <laughs> you know. <laughs> we went outside. They had some rides to simulate space travel. They had a swingy thing. It's a two-seater. You sat in it, and you pushed off, and it was like a swing. And there was a big weight on the, the top of it. So each time you get a little higher. And this probably went 15, 20 feet in the air. One of the junior staff said, Uncle Paul, let's ride that. Okay. So I'm being the good camp counselor that I should be. I'm standing in line waiting for this ignorant ride, okay? I'm looking at it like, I am going to throw up. I'm getting closer. I'm going to die. 
honest. <laughs> the, the, the couple before us, they got stuck. I'm going, no! And I forget, I wish I could remember who I wrote it with. But uh, I said to him, I said, we ain't doing that. <laughs> so I didn't know how I was going to get off this thing, but I wasn't getting stuck. I know that. So here I am. I'm getting strapped into this thing that I'm going to die on. And here we go. When I got to that point, it was everything I had. Turbo boost. You know? We did not get stuck. I got off. I did not throw up. I did not die. And guys, honestly, I had so much fun. I will never do it again. <laughs> but what, what were my feelings saying? Paul, you're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. My feelings were lying to me. And they were very real feelings. Seriously, I am, I'm really scared of heights. I've overcome a lot of that. God has helped me do that to run stuff here. I ran the, uh, whatever you call it, zippy thing, zip wire. Uh, I ran that for schools out, and I had Leanne's job. And I hadn't done it, I don't think ever. I don't think I've ever run that top zip part. I thought I was going to be petrified, and I was just leaning there. I think it was adrenaline and something. I just had to do it because nobody else was here. But, um, you know, Guys, your feelings will lie to you. Satan will tell you, you're a sinner. Uh, Aaron and I were talking uh, earlier today about how, especially in this area, you, you hear testimonies. Yeah, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. Well, no, you're not. Once you're saved, you're a saint. You're not a sinner. Yeah. Don't believe the lie. Wow. We're loved. We're a new creation. This is cool. What's next? Did you know, as a child of God, you're righteous? Hold it, Paul. Wait. Freeze right there. You told us we were loved. Sometimes I felt unloved by God. That's so good news. Thank you for sharing that. You said I was a 10. Wow, that's exciting. That's going to change my life. Paul, you told me I'm a new creation. My old nature is gone. My new nature has come. God's changed me completely. That's... And I'm a saint. That is so stinking awesome. Thank you. But righteous? Uh-uh. You cannot tell me I'm righteous. Yes, I can. No, 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 Paul. You don't understand. You don't know who I am. You don't know what I act like at home. You, you don't know what I think. I'm not righteous. Yes, you are. God has made you righteous. I want to tell you a story. And... uh it is a true story because the, the, the one I heard it from is a very reliable source. So I know this to be a fact. There was a guy. He claimed to know God. Claimed to be God's child. In his family, he had two daughters. He was living in a very, very sinful city. I won't tell you which one it is, but um, it, no, it made Las Vegas look like a kindergarten. This place was, yeah, very, very evil. And I'm not telling you whether it's in this country or another country. 
but uh, it was a very, very evil place. This guy had two visitors come to his house one night, and they were both male. It's pretty important to know. Um, they knocked on the door. He let them in. Many people in the city, many males, saw these two guys come into the house. Now, we're all big boys and girls in here, right? You all know what a homosexual is, correct? No. Talk talk to your counselor. Um, But guys, everybody listen. Shh, 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 shh. And this, this is a totally different message, but God says homosexuality is a sin. And if you're struggling with that, please, and you're a child of God, remember, you're 10, and God can change you. You can live out your righteousness, okay? But that's another message. Back to this one. The homosexual guys in the city, and again, I know this to be a true story, came, knocked on this guy's door, and send, said, send these two guys out. We want them. And if you're thinking the worst, yeah. That's what they wanted to do. The guy said no. So far, this guy's doing all right, right? They started banging on the door. They were about to break it down. They wanted these guys so bad. And this guy inside, he said this. Stop banging the door. I will send my two daughters out. And you can do whatever you want to them. But leave these two guys alone. Wow. Who wants to raise their hand and tell me their opinion of this guy? Yes, sir. Okay. That's a good opinion. I would agree. Do what? You must know something we don't. What do you think? Okay, that's what I do, none. Okay, you don't have to say anything. <laughs> One more, yeah. But why would he send his daughters out? Oh, I see what you're going. But even if, if that was me, what would you think of me? If I sent my two daughters, if you were my daughter and I sent you out, would you think very much of me? No, no. no. <laughs> I wouldn't think very much of me either. Okay, put your hands down. I kind of agree with a couple of you, uh, especially Jared. I think he should go to hell. Does he deserve it? Yes. Yeah. But guess what? So do I. We all do. Nate, what did you say? Mr. Bible Scholar. <laughs> guess what? He's right. He's right. He knows who's I'm, who I'm talking about. You know who I'm talking about. The re- yes, ma'am. What, uh, what 
No. Because it didn't, it didn't get to that point. Something else happened. God intervened. Let me, uh, let me tell you who it was. The reason I say it was no, it was true. It, it was in the scripture. It's in the Bible. And the guy's name was Lot. He lived in Sodom and Gomorrah. And the reason those two guys who were angels came to his house was to warn him and say, get out of town. God's going to smoke the city. Get out of here. But still, Lot said, I'm going to send my two daughters out. Just leave these two angels alone. I'm still, the guy's a jerk. Hanging is too good for him. Burn him alive. But God said he was righteous. Check this out. Sorry, I got the wrong page. Where'd he go? Lost my page. Here it is. Second Peter 2 says this. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. And delivered just Lot. For Paul, that means only Lot. That's what that just means. No, it means righteous. Because later on it says, For that righteous man dwelling among them, and seeing, excuse me, God, are we talking about the same guy? I mean, this guy, look what he did. God says, yeah, he's righteous. Why is that a truth? Because, guys, God has made us righteous. Is any one of us in here righteous on our own? No, no. Uh -uh. But yet I can stand here before you and say, I'm righteous. Now I'm not going to go to the mall and go, hey guys, I'm righteous and you're not. Because what are they going to think? They're going to think something different. But I know a truth in my life that God has made me righteous. Look what the Bible says. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, we are the righteousness of God. Guys, you can't get any more righteous than that. But Paul, you don't know what I do. You don't know what I say. Well, tough beans again. If you're a Christian, you are forgiven. You are changed. You are righteous. Why is it important? If you believe you are righteous, you're going to act Know the truth. The truth will set you free. Will we mess up? Yes. I was talking to somebody earlier today, and I think it's important to, to bring this in. God has a helicopter view of time. Because why? What is time? That's when you always get to, does the earth revolve around the sun, or what revolves around what? what? Earth revolves around the sun, and the earth spins. That gives us time, right? That's what time is. Who created all that? God, Jesus. So he's up here outside of that. If you create something, it doesn't control you. You control it. He sees everything. Oh, here's a stick. Let's say this is my life. Yeah. 
life. My life. Okay? This is when I was born. This was my first haircut. Don't laugh. This is my dog party. This is at 12 when I trusted Christ. My high school when I got on the bus. College. Joined CBM. This might be today for me. This might be today for me. I don't know. This might be the wife. <laughs> um, I don't know how long my life's going to last. But here's the deal. God's up here. He sees when I'm born. He sees when I die. He sees all this at once. He sees all my sin. Back here's when I trusted Christ. Have I sinned since then? You're right. I have. God saw all that. And this is very simplified, but here's what he did. When I was 12, I said, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm a sinner. I disobeyed. You paid for my sin. I'm asking you to forgive me and come into my life. Guys, this is so cool. He took all my sin. So to speak, he put it in a basket, brought it way over here, and paid for it on a cross. That means even today, wherever it is, if I sin, I'm already forgiven. Now, do we need to go to God and make things right? Yeah, he's our parent. And I said to this person, I went home for Easter. If I walked in to my mom and said, hey, mom, how you doing? <laughs> Would I still be her child? Yeah. Would there be something between us? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'd have to go to mom and say, Mom, I am sorry. I disobeyed and, and I hurt you. And I'm sorry. That's why God says as Christians, when we confess our sin, it's already forgiven. But we need to make things right so we can enjoy our relationship. You're righteous. You're righteous. Did you, know, did you know we please God? We're pleasing to him. Zephaniah 3.17 says, He shall joy over you with singing. You know what that means? The very thought of you to God causes him to burst out in song. How many have been in this situation? You're sitting in a room. All of a sudden somebody says, it's so-and-so's birthday, it's Uncle Paul's birthday. Everybody stands up, happy birthday to you. And you're thinking, I want a table, 200, you know, because I'm embarrassed. So you get under the table. But while you're under there, you're, you're also thinking, wow, they care. That's cool. God sings about you if you're his child. That's crazy. I, I personally think God has a, a personal song for each one of us. I don't know what mine is. Maybe it's there's Uncle Paul and he is so bald. <laughs> but I love him anyway. I don't know. But guys, think about that. The next time you're tempted to sin, God sings about you. It's, that's, that's crazy. One more. You're his work of art. You are his work of art. 
several campers over the years have drawn me pictures. Some are sitting in this room right now. One person that drew me a picture I have hanging up over in the program room. And I have another one up in my office. Why? Because it's their work of art and it's, it's precious to me because they gave it to me. You are God's work of art. Somebody once said, if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. That's cool. It is. <laughs> Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship. We're his work of art. So all this stuff, thanks, Paul, for sharing. That's so cool. But what do I do? How do I make this Christian thing work? You stop trying. Stop trying and start trusting. Years ago, I'm going to pick on your state. Years ago, like I said, I'm from Maryland. I would get on the interstate, go up through Virginia to West Virginia to Maryland. When I'd get to Virginia on Interstate 81, they had these ignorant signs. They took them down. They probably heard what I said one time. They took them down, but they, they I'm just messing with you. They had a, a big bunch of dirt there, and the sign said, wildflowers, do not pick. Well, first of all, they planted them because they weren't wildflowers, <laughs> okay? I'd see that sign, go 20 miles up the road, wildflowers, do not pick. 20 more miles, do not pick the flowers. All the way up through Virginia, it's a long state. You know, do not pick the flowers. Do not pick the flowers. Don't even think about picking the flowers. You know, pick them and die. Uh, <laughs> I'm seeing these crazy signs all the way up. By the time I get to West Virginia, what am I wanting to do? I'm wanting to pick every one of the puppies. Why? <laughs> exactly. Because yeah, I'm focusing on what I'm not supposed to do. And guys, when you do that, if you're struggling with sin right now, and we all have those pet sins that Satan knows what buttons to push and get us, if you're constantly, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it, what are you going to do? You're going to do it. You're setting yourself up for failure. I try and try and try. What do I do, okay? Guys, Romans 7 says we're dead to the law. This is so cool. Get this, okay? Oh, by the way, time to give the 20 spot away. Again, if you've heard this, okay, you're not allowed to answer or share the answer with others. Somebody tell me, what do you think gives power to sin? I'll take five guesses. What is the power of sin? Um, the power of sin mm -hmm. is uh, basically it's temptation. Like as soon as you think, oh, I'm not supposed to do that, and like the sin in your mind uses like the reverse psychology, like it would be like, yep, you can't do it. So I guess you're you'll miss out on not kind of like a placebo effect. Okay, that's powerful, but that's not the power of sin. Too bad. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Oh, good guess. You're wrong. Uh, Jared, what's the power of sin? I'm going to say your choice, because you have a choice of whether... Oh, that's deep. All right. That is wrong. <laughs> Two more guesses. Yes, sir. Do what? I didn't hear you. What is it? Humans. Okay, good guess. You're wrong, too. 
One more. Oh, listen to that. The power of sin is Satan. I'm going to take us home with me. No, you're not right. You think you know. What is it? That's a good truth to know, but that's not it. Put your hands down. God has given us ten rules. Everybody know what those rules are called? Ten commandments. Ten commandments. That's God's law. You know what the power of sin is? The law. How do I know? You find it in 1 Corinthians 15, 56. What's it say? The power of sin is the law. What's the law? The ten? And where do you find that? In the, well, yeah. What, what book? The Bible. We call the Bible God's? The power of sin is God's word? Uh-huh. Check this out. If we focus on the law which is don't do this, do this, don't do this, do this, and thou shalt not, and thou shalt. If we focus on it, we're going to mess up. Same principle. We're setting ourselves up for failure. Romans 7, 5, the passions of sin, which were aroused or turned on by the law. We're concentrating on what we're not supposed to do. So what do we do? Concentrate on the first one. The most important. Somebody asked Jesus what the most important commandment was. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. My youth group has a mission statement. When I became the youth leader, I thought, I'm a youth leader. I'm going to do this thing right. We need a mission statement because all youth groups have them. So I start typing this big, long thing out. We're going to do this, this, this. We're going to focus on this. And then I remembered this, and I took all that and delete. Our mission statement is three words. Just love Jesus. That's the key. Because if you love Jesus, everything else falls into place. I'm going to close with this. Getting this out of a book called Grace Walk. That's where I've got most of this material. Okay. Um, check it out then. It's good. If anybody wants one of these... I've only got a few upstairs. I will give you one for free. Um, you cannot ask for it tonight. You must wait till the morning and ask me sometime tomorrow because I, I can't hand these out like candy. Okay, and if I run out, I'll order some. But they are very expensive. But I believe in the truths that this shares that I want to make that available if you're interested. But check this out. And guys, you're going to have to use your imagination on this. Imagine that a king decreed that a pardon would be extended to all prostitutes. Okay. Would that be good news if you were a prostitute? No. A pardon is forgiveness. So, yeah. Yeah, that would be good. Yes. What's a prostitute? Prostitute. <laughs> I knew you were going to ask that. Listen, listen. Listen. Shh, 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 shh. Listen. 
Uh, listen, guys, I am glad you don't know. I really am. No, seriously, I'm glad. Okay, it's a, it is a, usually a lady, I guess, always, I don't know. But a lady that goes out and, yeah, okay, sells her body. Ask, ask your counselor. <laughs> okay, listen. Does very evil things. Okay, just put it that way. That would be good news. Okay? Of course it would. You wouldn't have to worry anymore about avoiding the law, the police, or having a criminal record. But the pardon would definitely be good news to you, but it would not necessarily give you the motivation to change your lifestyle. However, in addition to extending the pardon, and guys, you're going to have to use your imagination to just think about the illustration here. In addition to extending the forgiveness, the king came to you personally and asked you to become his wife. Would that give you a reason to change the way you live? Who would not trade the life of a prostitute for that of a queen? Gaining the new identity of the king's wife would be your motivation to abandon your sin. Guys, and this was true at 12 years old. When you became a Christian, you probably understood that your sins were forgiven. And that was cool. But did that forgiveness give you the motivation to change your lifestyle? Probably not. Probably not. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says, when you're a Christian, you are the bride of Christ. That is what gives us motivation to change. Because guys, we don't want to hurt him. He loved us so much. I know my attitude is, God, I don't want to hurt you. I see what your law says, and it's a good school teacher to teach me how you are, your character, and what you want from me. But God, I just want to love you. I just want to serve you. And when I do mess up, I don't stay messed up for long. I go to him and say, I'm sorry. I hurt you. I broke your heart. I hope this has challenged you. If you're a Christian and has given you motivation to enjoy that abundant life. And again, if you're not a Christian, talk to your counselor tonight and say, hey, I want to know about this being a Christian thing. Show me, help me. And then we'll do that. Let's bow our heads. Jesus, personally, my feelings tell me I'm not even worthy to be up here talking about you. But God, you've made me accepted. You've made me a saint. You've made me righteous. And I struggle with that, God. Because my feelings tell me I'm not. And a lot of times I don't live out who I am. 
Help me to know the truth. And let that truth set me free to enjoy the life you want to give me. And I pray that for all our campers and counselors. That God, you would, as the song says, break the chains. Set them free to enjoy you. Because that was the plan. Just like you had when Adam and Eve, before they sinned. That you want, that's what you want with us. I am pleading with you that this would kick in and make sense and that you would set people free tonight. Thanks for all you've done for us. In Jesus' name. God's good, isn't he?